the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, coming at you on 860 AM. We are AM, AM 860, com. That is AM 860, com. And you can go to the website anywhere in the world, and you can... Listen to me live if you have a headset or speakers attached to your computer. I am your international Dr. Bill, not just your local Dr. Bill. Had a great beginning to the year. I'm so happy. And I got to tell you, the big news here, folks, is I've heard from my sisters. Yes, I have. My baby sister was in town, and she was camping out at, at the Fort DeSoto Park with some friends, if you don't know the Tampa Bay area, Fort DeSoto Park, is one of the great, great county parks. It's got about 100 campsites, humongous boat launch. It's a couple of hundred acres, beach, old military installations. And she called and texted, and we got together, and we just had a, a great time. I'm so glad to see my, my baby sister. I'm so glad to have her back talking to me. <laughs> you know, this election thing got them all upset. Now, my sister Jackie did send me a birthday card. And it was really cute. It was an older sister with her arm around her younger brother's neck. And the bottom line was it's hard to know the difference between when you're loving and when you're strangling a sibling. So at any rate, I've heard from them both, and I'm very happy. And the wife, by the way, wants me to talk about beauty. What defines beauty? Well, of course, the wife defines beauty. That that goes without saying. And I'm sure that your wife defines beauty to you, too. At least you better say that to them. An interesting thing happened. My baby sister came into the house, and she went into my bedroom to use the restroom in my suite, and she saw a book on my couch with a swastika on it. And she came out, and she's always suspicious that I've turned into a neo-Nazi. And she said, what are you doing with a book with a swastika on it, Billy? And I said, well, it's really not about the, the Nazis or Nazism. It's about the German generals who were interviewed by Captain Little Hart, who was a British military historian and and also a veteran of the World War. And he interviewed a lot of the generals who were not hung or imprisoned, even some of the ones that were in prison. I guess he interviewed after World War II and wanted to know where they learned their tactics and why they did what they did and who they thought was the best general and so on and so forth. It's a fascinating book. It's fascinating reading. And I was surprised to learn 
that, like so many other things that Germany developed during before and during World War II, they were right out of the United States playbook. For instance, the Blitzkrieg through Russia, the generals all said, what are you talking about? We learned it from General Sherman's March to the Sea. And so we can't always judge a book by looking at the cover. I know that's an old cliche, but it comes back to us. However, we have subconscious, uh, inbred genetic approaches to how we view beauty. And beauty, the, the one thing that seems to be constant across almost all cultures is that facial symmetry is very important. Why is that important? Well, the notion that a facial, a symmetrical face is important comes from the, uh, the, the medical knowledge as well as from the genetic knowledge that if you have an asymmetric face, if our faces are not perfectly symmetrical, then we're more likely to have genetic defects and pass those defects on to our children. So there is an in, inborn, inbred genetic preference and almost all of us, of course, it's bell-shaped curves, so you can't, you, you can't say everybody's this way, but that we look at a potential mating partner and decide whether or not they're symmetrical. And on that basis, we can make decisions about whether or not they have genetic defects without a doctor even examining us. And, and you say, is that hold true? Absolutely. We see that over and over again, that facial asymmetry in medicine, we can expect to find if there's, there's real facial, a lot of facial asymmetry, we can find defects in the heart, like uh, holes in the heart between the two, two chambers at the top or the bottom. We can find kidney problems. Uh, we can find errors in metabolism and the phenylketonuria, PKU disease, is one that we check for when babies are born. They all get checked for that, which is an inherited disorder of metabolism. And so there's a number of things that are uh, heralded by facial asymmetry. So we look at somebody and we say unconsciously, is this face a good face or a bad face? Is it symmetrical or asymmetrical? And we even ascribe intelligence to more attractive faces, that is, faces that are more symmetrical. And the subconscious or genetic uh, in, imprinting is that if you're good-looking, that is, if your face is symmetrical, then you're going to be better genetically, which means you're going to have a higher intelligence, and you probably will have more opportunities to go forward in your profession or career, as well as have more opportunities to find a mate. There'll be more women interested in the men with the symmetrical faces and vice versa. And so we look at physical features, even if we're not consciously doing this, and we consider the aesthetics of it, whether it's pleasing or beautiful, and we can even flash faces in front of college students in experiments for uh, many seconds, microseconds, and they will form an impression right away. And we saw the same thing, if you guys remember, I've talked about this uh, a while back, about the politicians and electability, and that people would look at politicians' faces. They did a study with, with uh, British subjects who had not seen or heard of the American election in a certain state, and they flashed 
the faces of the of the two opponents and about 60 to 70 percent of the time without knowing anything about the candidates at all the subjects were able to pick the the winning candidate because we select to a large extent the people that we like or we want to associate with or we want to marry or interbreed with on the basis of how they look and first impressions we used to think as kids that first impression meant how you presented yourself you know what you said to a girl and and how you how cool you were and how poised and calm you were well there is something to that not necessarily what we say as much as our approach and our appearance even the way we walk can signal to the opposite sex whether or not we're good material for mating with posture and guys facial features in both sexes the way we walk how our stride is and if you stop and think about this look at people who are walking in front of you and scan and see which one you think has a better walk are they more appealing in the way that they move their their hips and their legs and swing their arms are their arm movements too exaggerated or are they too stiff all these things we look at is their stride short and shuffling or is it long does it impart a sense of strength and uh, ability or does it impart a sense of difficulty with physical activities of life and these are all things that we look at subconsciously men are attracted to women who are youthful with symmetrical faces with a certain leg to body ratio where the legs are a little longer and we see this in popular cultures everywhere long-legged women Betty Grable had the eyes and and uh, so-and-so has the legs and we look at models and the reason that female models even male models to a certain degree are portrayed as being young and the younger adolescent girls are the ones that that the uh, the agencies like the best slim uh, they portray a uh, a more childlike figure and men will look at this and are more attracted to it. And I would guess that women are too, to a certain degree, because a lot of the fashion industry is, is pointed at the women, not at the guys. We don't necessarily care about the packaging. So men are visual hunters. Both both sexes are visual hunters. Our species has the largest amount of the brain, of all the senses is given over to the eyes and the activity that we see in the brain when we show people who are hooked up to the EEG machine when we show guys pictures of beautiful young girls the activity in the certain parts of the brain that that are associated with the eyes goes up and these are not conscious responses on the other hand, women like men with broad shoulders. They like facial symmetry. They like a good 
hip to waist ratio, just like guys do. We want to, we want the waist to be thinner than the hips. And it's pretty obvious that if the hips are a little broader, they're going to be better at carrying babies. So we're more attracted to that. Again, this is a bell shaped curve and it's not a hundred percent, but, and of course the women like the, the V shaped torso and guys, the broad shoulders tapering down to a narrower waist. And we see that these people have more success, both in terms of finding a mate and if they have the ability to be involved in business, to be more successful, just as taller men are more successful than shorter men in business as a general rule. Better looking guys are more successful than less better looking guys, if I can say that. And of course, that's why I have such a successful radio shows because I'm just so damn good looking that you have to listen to me. Actually, this is a great medium because I can hide behind the microphone and you don't know what I look like. So beauty at a subliminal level, that is below our consciousness, uh, our awareness of, of saying, oh, I see that book over on the shelf, the heart. And I know who wrote that book and it's read. These are subliminal messages that we receive. They're pillars of beauty, so to speak, youthfulness, symmetry. And this even changes for women what's attractive to them and what's not attractive to, to them, depending upon where they are in their menstrual cycle. So when they're fertile and receptive, they're going to look for a more masculine face, longer jawed, broader shouldered guy, which says that they're higher testosterone, uh, which means that they're going to impart more genetic characteristics of a strong male. They're going to have a higher sperm count. Uh, they're, they're going to be healthier in general, as long as there's facial symmetry. And this changes after women become or pass through the fertility portion of their cycle and are in the menstruating phase, then they look for something different. And even our scent can herald whether or not we're attractive. And this is really subliminal, and a number of studies have been done, especially with women and the sense that they pick up from men. And not only the sense that they pick up from men can influence their biology and their perceptions, but also if you have a bunch of women in a dorm and you pass around clothing that uh, is worn during a certain part of the cycle, after a while you can get most of the women on the same menstrual cycle just by scent. It's a pretty amazing thing. But, you know, it, it kind of baits the question, do we really have free will? <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes you got to ask yourself, if I'm so pre-scripted to react to situations in a certain way, do I really have any conscious uh, uh, abilities to override these. Well, of course we do, and and we do. I mean, we can't all marry uh, uh, the top models. They're not all available, and most of us don't have the kind of cash that it would take to attract a woman who is making millions of dollars as a top model. And so we look at it, and, and we say, well, yes, I would love to marry Marilyn Monroe, but uh, I can't compete with Joe DiMaggio, so I'm going to have to look for something a little, little further down the beauty scale 
and we do the best that we can with with the inborn genetic preferences that come with us to select a mate and with the realities of who we are, where we are in the socioeconomic ladder and status. And all these things do come into play, but if you put down a magazine like Playboy in front of a bunch of guys and then you put down women's wrestling in front of a bunch of guys, I can guarantee you nine out of ten of the guys are going to be looking at the Playboy magazine. They're not going to be looking at the women's wrestling magazine. And I realize that we're supposed to focus on the the inner person now and not look at the outer aspects. And, of course, this is coming from the women's side of, of things, their view. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody say, oh, I'll fix you up with my girlfriend. She's really a nice person, which is, is an immediate uh, cue for most guys that this is not going to be a real good-looking gal if you're going out on a blind date. And and so the sense in women is that who I am on the inside, perhaps some women, is more important than who I am on the outside. Well, that doesn't make any biologic sense. I mean, first of all, you can't separate the two very easily. Although our personalities may mask our beauty or our beauty may mask our personalities, what we're going to encounter with with the first time we see somebody is how they look. We'll get to know them later. Love at first sight. Not only how they look, but how they smell, what their scent is. Is it something that our chemistry finds attractive? Is it something that will draw me closer to a person and keep me engaged in conversation with them or in interacting with them? And the physical attractiveness of a man with broad shoulders and a V-shaped waist shows not only that he may have better genetics, but also that he may be taking better care of himself. And all these are subliminal things that come into play when we make our decisions about who we want to date and marry, hang around with. And you can say, well, it's not all that important to me how I look. What's more important to me is who I am on the inside. Well, who are you on the inside? That's important to, to know. I mean, if you stand in front of a mirror and you're really an ugly person, you see yourself, your facial symmetry is way off, and, you know, one side is larger than the other, or you may have lopsided breast, or you may have an arm that's longer than the other arm. All these things come into play, and we look at ourselves in the mirror, and we say, Ugh, how am I going to make it like this? And then we have to think about, well, is it going to stop me from being social and projecting my personality, working on a good personality? And those are decisions that we consciously make, but subconsciously, 
those around us are, are going to make decisions at first glance on how we look and feel to them, how we smell. I always think of George Washington. You know, we see him on the dollar, and he's toothless there uh, with his mouth closed, which he kept his mouth closed a lot of the time after he lost all his teeth because of vanity. And when you lose your teeth, your jaw recedes. So the masculine jaw that he that he had in his youth had receded because he had no teeth for the second half of his life. But if you look at pictures of George Washington in his youth, and you stop and think, you know, oh my gosh, now I can see why the women were so attracted to him. All the women wanted to dance with him at all the parties. He was a, a hit, and the women faded like they did about Paul McCartney and and Frank Sinatra. I mean, he was the he was the uh, rock star of his times. Uh, he was tall and, and probably our tallest president. He was handsome in his youth and virile and he had the broad shoulders and the narrow waist and he had all the things that we think of or that we perceive as being attractive in a man that women like to see in a man. It didn't hurt his, his chances of becoming the, the top guy, that's for sure. And I think that on top of it, he realized that a winning personality was necessary to make use of his physical assets. And he presented himself everywhere he went in the same way, very erect, uh, chin up a little bit, you know, the, the classic Hollywood film clip, the, the classic photographic op opportunity, as it were. And he made it big. Oh, my wife just told me that I'm making noise when I drink my coffee, so I'll have to watch that. So we have physical features that are universal, symmetrical faces and bodies, sign of good inheritance to women of childbearing age who want to create healthy offspring. And so it's on both sides of the fence. The women are not as attracted to asymmetrical faces. And symmetrical faces correlate with long-term mental performance, too. And so this says subliminally to the women, there's fewer genetic and uh, environmental disturbances like diseases or uh, brushes with toxic agents or malnutrition or genetic inbreeding, genetic mutations. And all these things become important when we make decisions about who we want to make babies with. And there are studies that even show that at peak fertility, women are more likely to fantasize about men with greater facial symmetry. So even in our fantasy life, we can't get away from those genetic imprints. And I found this interesting, and I'm sure Barb's not going to get mad at me for using this on the show, and if she is, well, she can call me and yell at me. Other studies have found that male symmetry was the only factor that could significantly predict the likelihood of a woman experiencing uh, pleasure during orgasm during sex. And these, these findings are 
I'm sure for a lot of us guys, very deflating <laughs> to think that our sexual partner is not as happy with us as they would be with somebody who was taller or better looking or had broader shoulders than we do. But that's the way it is, and we have to take what we got and work with it. And double-blind studies have found that women prefer the scent of men who are rated as facially attractive. So not only is the facial attractiveness part of the package, but also the scent that we put out. And, of course, if we have more testosterone, we're going to put out a higher male scent, our pheromones. And you say, I didn't know that we had body odors that attracted the opposite sex. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we don't always have control over all of this. Now, there is a genetic marker on cells. It's called the Major Histocompatibility Complex, MHC, and it's a large gene area within the DNA of all vertebrates, and it encodes for proteins dealing with the immune system, and it also influences our body odors. So not only do we subconsciously pick up on stronger male or female traits because estrogen will give off a certain scent as well and the guys will respond to that not only visually with the voluptuous figures but also by scent how a woman smells to a man and this also imparts to us whether or not that person that we're interested in has a strong immune system can you believe that that the scent of somebody can tell us subconsciously whether or not their immune system is strong and in good, good order and intact. The genetic foundation of interaction, it's unbelievable. So all these things seem to be tied together. Now, what about youthfulness? Well, youthfulness, we humans associate with good health as long as there's symmetry and meets the parameters of waist to hip ratio in, in women and shoulder to waist and hip ratio in men, height. And so these things are as important, if not more important, than the personality of the person that we meet. And so you say, well, why are guys so interested in looking at younger girls, younger women with great figures. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's not like we consciously select this. This is just the way we came packaged and it's difficult to deny or to try to in some way change the, the way in which people think and look and react to the opposite sex under the guise of some political correctness or social correctness, that is to give those who are less well endowed with looks or scent or genetic markers as much of a chance as those who are well endowed with all of these genetic markers and these inherited traits. So, and th that's fine. If you want to encourage your child to, who is perhaps not the best looking kid in the class, but is doing well 
and this may be a good athlete or whatever, encourage them to continue on doing what they're doing and to say, oh, don't worry about it. There's always a girl or a guy out there for you. And there is, and, and there's always somebody that you're going to find if you want to, that you can have a relationship with. And, and the, the physical aspects of it are important but also that ability to grow in love over time is just as important. And, of course, that has to do with our ability to accept and to interact with and to work with and to appreciate the things that a, a spouse or a mate or a friend or whatever would do or how they act. And so we may be pre disposed to certain physical attributes in another person, but we also have the, the ability, and I think this is where free will can come into it, that after a certain period of time, when some of the adolescent and young adult hormones drop, the levels drop a little bit, and we can start looking at our spouse or our mate in a more mature way. And, and this is why so many studies have shown over and over again that if you are married for four, five, six, seven years, and you're not happy and you're thinking about getting a divorce, the studies have shown over and over again that if you just wait a few years, that'll pass. You know, it'll just go away. And some of this is genetic and, and inherited and breeding pressures, and those things will, with time, abate. And I guess that brings into question how we judge aesthetics what is aesthetic aesthetically pleasing to us and you have to say well what are aesthetics aesthetics are the uh perception of beauty and the perception of symmetry and this goes back to antiquity and there are still images that we see venus de milo adonis that most of us in the culture would say are beautiful or handsome or gorgeous because the artists were able to chisel these statues so symmetrically and with the right body proportions, which don't seem to have changed a lot over the thousands of years that we've kept history. Yes, there may be some variability within societies from time to time, you know, tattoos and purple hair seem to be in with some of the folks. Uh, I don't think that that's going to be something that will last forever. These are fads that come and go. And what defines a great artist? The technically adept artists are the ones who are capable of perceiving and reflecting symmetry in their works. And that's important. It's important because it says to us that this person has a good eye, like Picasso or Leonardo da Vinci, even Salvador Dali, who a lot of people think is bizarre. When you look at his paintings, it's unbelievable how technically adept he was, Vermeer. Why? Because they had such a, a, an ability to reflect symmetry and order in their paintings. Well, when I come back, I want you to give me a call and let me know what is beautiful or what defines beauty for you. I'm at 
969-8600-877-969-8600. By the way, we're an iHeart station. And uh, if my sister is in town and listening, give me a call and argue with me. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The Pentagon is asking for an inroad into Somalia to battle a notorious Al-Qaeda affiliate group there. The recommendation sent to the White House would allow U.S. Special Forces more latitude. A GOP proposal for a minor overhaul to Medicaid getting a cool reception from Democrats at the National Governors Association winter meeting here in Washington. All the governors meet with the president tomorrow. A Republican congressman says an investigation by the attorney general would not be appropriate in the case of Russia's alleged interference in the election, appearing on HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher. California Republican Representative Daryl Issa says that's because Attorney General Jeff Sessions was appointed by the president. And the Supreme Court is scheduled to hear arguments tomorrow on a lawsuit related to restrictions on the use of social media. A man posted on his Facebook about a traffic court win in 2010 he'd been ordered not to. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill for West Coast Radiology. Our good friends at West Coast Radiology offer convenient and comprehensive x-ray diagnostics, including open MRI, CT scan, CT PET mammography, and ultrasound. With state-of-the-art equipment and four convenient locations, you're assured of friendly, comprehensive care. Most insurance is accepted and competitive self-pay rates, plus Saturday appointments. Call West Coast Radiology at 727-771-2795. That's 727-771-2795. This is a special notice to consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt due to the financial hardship many are facing in today's economy. National Debt Relief is excited to offer a program that can reduce your credit card debt by thousands of dollars. Beware, the credit card companies do not want you to get this information. To see if you qualify to have your debt reduced, call the National Debt Relief Hotline at 800-691-2148. Qualifying for this reduction will reduce your overall debt and significantly lower your remaining monthly payment. If you're facing financial hardship with over $10,000 in credit card debt and need help, call now. Learn how you can reduce your credit card debt by thousands, all by using a proven A-plus Better Business Bureau rated debt relief system that negotiates with the credit card companies for you. To ensure your financial stability and to see if you qualify, call the National Debt Relief Hotline. At 800-691-2148, 800-691-2148, 800-691-2148. 
Here's some exciting news from Shoot Straight. You can now buy firearms online. That's right. Just visit shoot-straight.com. And you can choose from a wide selection of firearms perfect for your needs. Of course, there are two locations on U.S. 301 south of MLK in Tampa and Almerton Road just east of 49th Street in Clearwater are always happy to supply all of your needs as well. And they feature air-conditioned indoor shooting ranges and a wide selection of all your firearms and accessories. Visit shoot-straight.com. That's shoot-straight.com. A full day of sunshine today, high 78. Partly cloudy night tonight with a low 60. Then tomorrow, some sun and a bit more humid, high 83. Turning out to be a partly cloudy night tomorrow night with a low 66. Sunshine and a few clouds for Tuesday, high getting up to 84. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Kevin Baxter for AM860, The Answer. You're my Mona Lisa You're my rainbow skies And my only prayer Is that you realize You'll always be beautiful In my eyes And I'm back. That was a little clip from Jericho Rosales, Beautiful in My Eyes. We're talking about beauty today. And I want to know, my question for you today is, and I'm going to open up the lines here, what is your ideal of beauty? What do you think is, is beautiful or physically attractive in a friend or a mate or a spouse? I'm at 877-969-8600, 877-969-8600. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, and we're talking about beauty. Oh, boy. And, of course, the two beautiful women I know are my wife and, and Barb, our station manager. Those are the epitomes or the epitomes, uh, depending on how you want to pronounce it, of beauty for me. And so what is beauty? Can we draw it? Can we fantasize it? Can we see it? Absolutely. It, it may not be as uh, as conscious as we thought. It may be a very unconscious thing. But I will say this, that there are certain attributes uh, that do change culturally and socioeconomically. For instance, when my wife was a young girl in Korea, and it was right after the uh, Civil War, the, the Korean War, that tore the, the country apart and left both North and South Korea relatively uh, bereft of of resources and food and protein was in limited supply and this probably goes all the way back to antiquity as well one of the things that women would look for and women still look for this too uh, as a, a sign of how good of a provider a man is going to be uh, but one of the things that the women would look at is whether or not the man was skinny or had a little bit of a belly and the idea was that if you had a little bit of a belly you were doing fairly well because you were eating more calories than the rest of your counterparts that the women were looking at, the rest of the guys, that you were a little richer than the guy next door. We've got Teresa from Largo. Teresa, what's up, my friend? Hi. I feel that beauty is giving from the heart, mind, soul, one's own being, without expecting anything from return whether it is listening to someone, whether it's doing an act of kindness when you see someone that maybe 
might be walking and ailing or something, and you're just not expecting a $20 tip, a $50 tip. You're not expecting even a thank you. You're just automatically, your spirit just goes ahead and says, oh, I see a need. Or, I th- you know. Yeah, I, I, think that, I think that you have a good point. And I think that uh, emotional beauty is certainly... Uh, an important aspect of personality and certainly is something that would attract me and keep me with with someone. I know that my wife, uh, although she's cruel to me, she's very kind to everybody else. And uh, <laughs> I've always found that attractive, that she's very kind and accepting of, of people. Uh, I don't understand why it is that wives treat their husbands differently. I just don't get it. But at any rate, uh, she does have a beautiful personality. Uh, and uh, she's funny, and she's insightful at times, and she's witty, and uh, she's good with the patients. She makes them laugh, and all those things I think are important, and and she's certainly willing to go out of her way to help somebody uh, within limits, of course. You know, we can't we can't give away the whole shop, but but we can hand out a little candy here and there. And I hear you, Teresa. I agree with you 100. percent I think that's important. I understand. What it is is that nowadays, due to the fact that there's stress, a multitude of hours that one has to put in in order to go ahead and pay the bills and everything, a lot of times either people are too drained or they've been um, geared to a, a lifestyle where you only care about yourself. But so, someone that could be, uh, as you've been on the program um expressing of how people view male and females uh, attractive, I find that someone could actually be very unappealing, very unattractive on the outside, but he just becomes totally, or she just becomes totally glowing in beauty because of the way they go ahead and see a need. They don't have to go ahead and be told by anyone. It's just there's an instant. You know, and like I said to you, they're not expecting anything in return. So it's called unconditional love, I guess we could say. And whether it's at the workplace, whether it's when you're at the grocery store, or whether it's uh, that you're at home or something like that. And yeah, it's important. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, let's let's uh, let's see if we have anybody else coming in. Any other callers on the line yet? Bill, you got anybody for me? We'll give, oh, we're clear. We'll give everybody a chance. Thanks, Teresa. It was wonderful hearing from you, my friend. Uh, I think that for women, it's probably more important or just as important as the physical aspects to find internal aspects as well as the ability to be a good provider, the the external uh, social and economic factors that come into play. I, I think with guys, it's it's probably less important, but certainly you don't want to be with a beauty queen who's a real uh, witch. I mean, that that's not going to be fun if they have the personality of a, of a snake. So we, we do want to find people who are both attractive and have a good heart, so to speak. And I think that's what Teresa's getting at. And I, I can't disagree with that at all. I think that having our heart in the right place is important. Uh, but remember, there are couples that are attracted to each other, like the Clintons, who come together not so much for for the attractiveness 
as for the or the physical attractiveness, but uh, but for the the emotional attractiveness that comes with with the relationship and and they can be not such nice people but get along great with each other because they feed each other's uh, need for getting ahead or becoming rich or being noticed uh, and so on and so forth and and these things uh, do come into play with some couples but i think for the bell-shaped curve that's probably more the exception than the rule and uh, you know we we can't always look at somebody and say, oh, they're nice looking, so they must be a good guy. I mean, Ted Bundy, I always bring this up. He wasn't a bad-looking guy, and apparently he was very personable. And uh, even in the courtroom, he he uh, wowed the judge. The judge said to him at the end of the trial, it's too bad you picked the path you picked, son, because I would have been proud to have you as a law partner. Uh, but, you know, you get this guy behind closed doors with a with a vulnerable female, and he was a, he was a murderer. He was a mass murderer. He killed dozens of people. So there are certainly aspects of anybody's persona that have to be taken into account, not just how they look. And part of this is socialization and behavior and and uh, the pressures that society's put upon us. Uh, you know, if you were a Spartan 2,000 years ago, being a warrior would have been extremely attractive to the women in, 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 the, in, the, in the city-state of Sparta. Nowadays, being a warrior may or may not be as attractive. Certainly being physically fit is attractive. And we think of good warriors as being people who are physically fit. And some of this, of course, with age uh, diminishes. And and I think that that's true what Teresa was saying. Uh, Certainly it's much more important at this age and stage of life to be comfortable with the person I'm living with and sharing household duties and child rearing and, and the checkbook and wait a minute, the checkbook, I'm sharing my checkbook. Bill, quick. I think I need some help here. (laughs) Oh my God. I gave her the checkbook. You guys, I have, oh, well, these things happen. But, you know, I've always wondered, how did something like Campbell's Soup Can by Andy Warhol become such a popular piece of artwork? Well, if you look at this thing, it's, it's, uh, it's not only iconic of our generation and what we grew up with. I don't think the kids eat this as much now as we did when we were kids, Campbell's Condensed Tomato Soup. But it's also a very nicely designed and symmetrically laid out label. And when you put this onto a piece of canvas that's five by 10 feet, uh, it becomes quite impressive. It becomes quite striking, just as the Mona Lisa is striking, even though it's not a large canvas. It's, it's not a really that big of a, of, a, uh, of a portrait. But just looking at the picture and looking at the way in which Leonardo da Vinci laid out the background, as well as the symmetry of the face, and his use of colors, of course, has made this a timeless, timeless piece of art and something of beauty that we all look at and say, oh, my gosh. I mean, it's almost universal that people will look at the Mona Lisa. And for me, that classic Italian face is not the one that I would be drawn to first if I were out on the market looking for a girlfriend or a woman. But I cannot deny that there is a beauty there that there's something very appealing about the portrait and the face that Leonardo da Vinci has put forward for the ages to enjoy and appreciate. And a lot of this is a symmetry. 
But not just that. Good skin, we look at the skin, and this is why women will put on mascara to try and make their skin look healthier, rosier. Uh, it's, it's all symbolic of how good of a breeding partner we will be and guys will go to the gym and work out. And yes, it's important to keep yourself in good shape and cardiovascular fitness and all that. But also it's a, it's a, an advertisement to the women that we socialize with that, that I'm a good catch, that I have uh, good genes, that I have good abilities that I can take care of you and I can give you uh, healthy, happy babies. And that's important. That's, that's the bottom line. I mean, we're here on this planet for a number of reasons, but the main one is to propagate the species and make sure that we continue on as a species, that we survive for another million years, assuming that we've been around for a million years. So all these things are important, and even our artwork reflects that. I haven't heard from my baby sister, so I'm assuming that she's not listening. Now, women... In general, we'll search for somebody within their socioeconomic and and, uh, categorical abilities to find a man who's going to take care of them and and be a good provider for their kids. This has been a little bit skewed by the large numbers of women who have entered the workforce. But even there, like in medicine, a lot of the women will not work as as, as long hours, as long or as many hours as as the guys will, or the guys have traditionally, the millennials are a little different. They've got another view on life and how to conduct their professional and personal life. But as one of the OBGYNs uh, said to me in his group, I said, are you getting any time off? He said, no, because I've got all women partners and they keep getting pregnant. And of course they get pregnancy leave. And, and of course we've got to have that. I mean, that that's necessary. Uh, but there are some subsets of women who will find the bums out there and try and take care of them. And I can't tell you how many nurses I have seen. No, my wife's a nurse and obviously she got a bum, but I'm a high income earning bum. So that it, it makes up for it a little bit, but there's a lot of nurses out there who will find the drunk or the bum or the chronically unemployed guy and try and fix them. But that's not the norm. Most of us are looking for somebody who will get out there and do it. And I can't tell you how many times I have heard from women who have left their man that their main complaint is that he just isn't doing anything. He's not working. He's not contributing money, et cetera. Oh, my sister's on the line. Beth, are you there, girl? Yes, I'm here, Billy. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a watershed moment in the history of the show. One of my sisters is actually called the show and has joined us. Welcome to the show, Beth. Love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, first of all, I want to know how Tiffany is. Oh, my God. She's sidetracked. Now, Tiffany is our female dog. She's a standard poodle. And by the way, she's extremely symmetrical and a beautiful dog. So this is not just humans. This is across (laughs) all mammalian species that we that we look at these things, and it's important. She is a little bit better. We had to take her to the vet last night. But I want to know more importantly from you Yes. what you consider. I mean, obviously, you got a good-looking husband. He's taller than you. He has a good uh, shoulder-to-waist ratio. He's got all the physical assets. Uh, do you think that his physical attractiveness is part of what brought you to him? Yes. 
Yes. Okay, what yeah. about his... Prob- Go ahead. A sense of humor. Sense of humor. So yeah. personality is important. Is yeah. he a good guy? Is he giving? Most of the time. <laughs> he can, so- and he could give more, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that most wives say that about their husbands (laughs) a little bit. I mean, you know, he's got the cash. Why can't he give a little to you? Huh? Get a little more, right? So I'm supposed to ask you the questions is what he just told me. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Do you think that it's easier for attractive women to move up in the workforce or no doubt? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Even with other women. Yeah. uh, As opposed to like you look at men, like you look at Donald Trump, probably most women do not find him attractive at all. Well, certainly not, not in his present state. That's, that's true. I agree with that. Or Uh, his personality. And, you know, I, I, there, there was a great article in uh, Psychology Today a few years ago, and this woman wrote it, and she's saying, you know, come on, uh, feminists, get over this. I mean, it's okay to be intelligent and competitive, but you better be good looking, too, if you want to get ahead. Uh, you know, she said things like, if you want to catch a bear, you don't load the trap with a copy of Catch-22. You know, you, you smear it with raw meat, and uh, if you want to catch a fish, you don't slap the water and say, come here. Jump on my hook. You you put out bait that they find attractive and 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 uh, scent that's good. Uh, you know, it, it, she, this article is great. She says, "Welcome to Uglatopia, the world reimagined as a place where it's the content of a woman's character, not her push-up bra, that puts her on the cover of Maxim magazine." So I think you're right. We have to have both. We have to have the. But I think not, it's harder for women than for men. Is what. Right. Harder in terms of preparing yourself or harder in terms of being accepted on the basis of looks? Be, well, being accepted first, I think you're accepted on the basis of your looks, whereas for men, I think that's different. Well, I think for women it's different because women, although they will look at certain things and be attracted to it, they'll also look at, is this going to be a good provider? And so they'll forgo some physical characteristics in a mate if they think if they sense that that person is going to be able to take good care of, of, of you and your kids, that's important. And I think guys will look at a woman and say, you know, it's not as important to me whether or not she's going to make a million dollars. Most of us, well, as I get older, that actually is kind of changing for me. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to marry at this stage in life, marry for money. But uh, I think that it's important to guys that they have somebody who gives the uh, imparts the image of good health, uh, youthfulness, uh, physical abilities, uh, breeding abilities, ability to have kids that are healthy, and all these things come into play. So I think it's a little bit different for men and women. And you can kind of see that in what Teresa was saying, that she looks at the inside, not just the outside. And and I, I think that's a, a very important aspect of the female psyche, and it has to be. I mean, you have to look at those things if you're going to find and be successful with a mate. And, uh, you know, I can look at, at the way you chose your mates, and I can see that Charlie's taller than most that you had been with in the past, and I can see that he's uh, a nice-looking guy with a fairly symmetrical face, well, except for that big mole on that left cheek. we got to get that removed. Uh, but 
but other than that, I think he's he's uh, you know he's a nice looking guy and he presents himself as caring and and kind and he's interactive and sociable and all the things that women want when they latch onto a man. He goes to work every day and he makes money, and he doesn't share it with you. But you don't need all that money anyway, Beth. Give it to me. Well, folks, we're close to the end of the show. I can't believe I got my little sister on the show. Thanks for call calling in, girlfriend, and we'll have a good trip home. And uh, I, I found this to be a kind of an interesting show, and I really appreciate Teresa and my sister Beth for calling. Love you guys. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, and I'll see you next week. Again, Billy. Hey, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Jeffrey Burchard at your service. If you're rolling down the road and you want to learn... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.